take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 3, Chapter 12. It might seem weird, but this is not the last chapter of this season, because we have one more special, and that will be uh, next week, the 12.5 chapter. This season is going to end next week, which means that the week after, there's going to be a party and the party it's a webinar basically is going to be about dance floors and i will be sharing some tactics from my business and from Kreren friedman brachas business uh, about uh, how we sell dance floors and that will be a part of our promotion to launch the dfeb the dance floor experiences blueprint uh, you will hear all about this next week and on the webinar itself I hope you check it out, and uh, like always, we plan to over-deliver on free value, even if you just join to the webinar. The interview today is with Pip, Pipity Pop, or Pip, from New Zealand. is one of the nicest pers- persons I've ever met. She's so kind and sharing her designs uh, uh, will blow your mind. Uh, she, she does a lot of work for uh, the Zumo t- TV um, uh, show. I, and this show is something that millions of kids watch, which is just uh, amazing. I want to apologize for the sound quality. Uh, the interview was taking place before I upgraded my uh, microphone setup. Uh, so the sound on my side was a little bit distorted. And uh, you definitely, it's worth for you to stick around and hear Pip because Pip is talking about some of her tactics from uh, team building events and uh, stuff that I was really uh, unaware of and uh, things that are very interesting to know and learn from Pip. So stick around till the end. And without further ado, here is Pip. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Vivi Kivi, and today we are in Season 3, and uh, I'm interviewing someone today who is really one of my heroes because she's so, so talented. You can really meet everyone today, uh, these days, from the other side of the world uh, with the help of uh, technology and Facebook, but uh, this time I'm really talking about the other side of the world, uh, at least from my point of view, and that is the wonderful people from New Zealand. Hello, Pete. Hello, Vivi. <laughs> Hello, and uh, this is really funny because uh, I'm a Kiwi, I'm Zivi Kiwi, and you're a Kiwi. That's exactly right. That's why I love your name. I want to share with the audience a little bit with the Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, that is. I want to share with you guys uh, a little bit about Pippa in case you're not familiar with all of what she does, but you, you need to hear this out. Pip was, uh, she's a full-timer for uh, pretty much more than 10 years now. Um, she has a very very successful TV show that she's involved in the production called Zumu, and this uh, TV show has more than 300 hours of, um, uh, of, of, of actual original funny 
cool content, more than 100 shows in 27 countries, really amazing stuff with high-end balloons involved in, on, on the show. And apart from that, uh, Pip is also uh, involved in uh, public events and birthdays and even team building, team building gigs. Uh, so, so much that you do, Pip. And you're also an instructor in uh, multiple conventions, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Love it. That's why we are here today, to talk about conventions in this season. And you are uh, a wonderful, wonderful balloon artist that has experience in multiple conventions, also as, a, as an instructor. And we want you to share with us a little bit about your point of view about conventions. So tell us a little bit about your first convention, and uh, we'll go from there. Oh, fantastic. Well, the first convention I went to um, was OzJam, and that was four years ago. And I was so nervous because um, in New Zealand, there's not a lot. There's only a handful of um, multiple balloon twisters. Um, so I didn't know a lot of twisters within New Zealand. So I thought um, maybe a convention's the way to go to actually meet other like-minded people. And I, was, um, I had gone to a few magic conventions, um, and it, there's a very much um, a status in magic conventions on on where you can actually, um, who who you should um, sit with or um, consult with, um, talk to, that sort of thing. So I I wondered whether that would be the same with um, the balloon conventions. And I remember uh, arriving there, nervously looking in the door, and that was Robbie Furman looked at me and he said, Come on in. He said, I'm from New Jersey. Everybody's welcome. And with that first... um, uh, entrance like that or welcoming, I thought, oh, I found my home. <laughs> and I just loved it. Oh, yeah, that's uh, such a good story. Uh, arriving to Ausgem four years ago and meeting uh, the wonderful Robbie Foreman and, you know, uh, getting uh, a, a warm welcome. And it's, it's really something that is uh, fantastic to feel when you go to a convention for the first time. And I know what you mean about magic conventions because I've been to a few uh, of them. And they are great fun. They are, but uh, they are very formal. Uh, you can't really talk with the with the instructors one-on-one or, or jam with them uh, with magic uh, or with balloons. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit different uh, in that aspect, and I can see what you mean. So how many times have you been uh, into uh, OzJam? Um, this year was my um, fourth um, time to OzJam and still love it. Um, I've been uh, – I did a, a pop-in presentation the second year that I attended, and then um, last year – I did a lecture um, on line work and loving the line work. Um, so it's and then this year I was asked to continue that um, that uh, series of designs that um, are fun, fast, and fabulous. And I try when I'm I'm teaching is to try and teach a, a basic design that if you've got a a, a cue or a line of you know. 40 children, um, you can still make something that's um, fabulous and will see, set you apart from other twisters. But then with the addition of 
um, different uh, specific parts of the design, then you can uh, turn it into a birthday party design where you've only got 12 children to entertain. And then by taking it a step further and developing it more, then you can actually have it as a delivery piece. Um, and th that's the type of um, uh, balloon designs that I like to teach, that just with the additional pieces to the structure, you can actually set it and make it an advanced um, sculpture. Yes, and this reminds me of uh, actually Robbie Foreman, the way that he teaches as well. He talks about the levels, you know, the first level, f and then the second level, and then the third level of a, of a sculpture, and how, how it differentiates, and uh, I think that it's brilliant, because taking a piece and ad being able to adapt it to different uh, audiences and to different time constraints, that's really a part of our profession. The thing that I like about um, balloon twisters is that we're people that have to think on the spot. We've got to take into account time restraints, uh, the patience of our waiting um, line, and um, still provide a product um, that's, that sets us apart from other entertainers. Yeah, we are really people that are you know, on the edge all the time when we are in front of people, we, we put up a show, we need to be there with the person, and at the same time we have our constraints of, um, of, of the time and of the event, and really it's, it's not, uh, it's not uh, very trivial. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, we'll start with OzGem, even though you've been lecturing also in the Florida Super Jam and in the Blink Blink Jam. But I want to uh, hear more about OzGem because actually, you know, OzGem is in Australia. Not a lot of people uh, get the opportunity to go there, unfortunately, because of uh, the distance. I would love to go there one day and um, meet with you. And but we will meet in Twist and Shout before that. But uh, so tell us, how does it look like? How how does OzGem really look like in the in the event? How long is it and stuff like that? Yes, well, Ausgem is run by um, Bruce and Rochelle, um, and the great thing about it for us Kiwis is that it is a jam that's um, we're, we're affordable, affordable to get to. Um, from New Zealand, you're looking at about two and a half, three hours um, to get uh, to Australia, whereas for me to travel um, Auckland to LA, you're looking at 12 hours. So um, there's a big difference there. And we have a lot to do with uh, Australia as well, uh, not only sporting. Um, and um, we're very competitive in our sporting. Um, the <laughs> great thing is is that um, there's a great uh, group of people. Um, with it. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a very relaxed atmosphere. Um, in the sense of personalities, and it's a very um, community-spirited um, and a lot of fun. Um, but, but the classes are structured, so you actually um, have to choose which classes that you would like to attend. Um, up to this point, it's been run every year, and it's a, a two-day event uh, with a big build on the Sunday. So they encourage um, people to come along if they'd like to on the Sunday to help the instructors create um, a fantabulous big build um, that's uh, within the foyer of the hotel. And then the, the actual convention runs for two days. There's multiple classes going on um, 
on each hour, and so you select which class to go to. Um, from now on, they're actually changing it. It's going to be every second year, and the convention is going to be changed to three days, so that's some fabulous changes there. I think three days will be very exciting and, uh, and, and really great for Ausgem. So do you also have competitions in Ausgem? Yes, we do. Uh, we definitely have competitions. Uh, we have uh, small, uh, medium and large sculptures and we have impromptu competitions as well. So uh, just little um, fun mystery boxes, um, one-off sort of type competitions, spur-of-the-moment competitions that are run in the jam room. So we have those sort of really fun, fast and fabulous competitions, but we also have um, the more formal competitions as well and I, and I always say to people and encourage people because that was I suppose how I first sort of got started because I, I really didn't know how I was uh, placed within the balloon world so I went and I uh, the first Ausjam I attended I actually entered the competition and, and I think it's great because it's it really does challenge you and it makes you aware of what type of twister you are. You know, I realise that I actually rely a lot on um, my past experience and past skills, whereas other people can actually just think on the fly and they'll just see a balloon and think, right, what can I make that into? Whereas I'm often looking and thinking, what have I made that in the past and what could I turn it into? Um, and so I think that um, the competitions are a fantastic way to actually challenge yourself. It's, it's interesting to hear that the, you also have the big builds and the medium sculpture and the little, the small sculptures. And those, this means that uh, when you go to Ausgem, you also get to see very, very impressive uh, pieces of art. Oh, definitely, definitely. And be part of them. And I think that's a great thing about being everybody's invited to be in part of the big build. It's because you're actually learning, especially, for instance, uh, twisters that aren't, Maybe so um, confident, or um, or used to actually having a go at doing the the day course side of things. Um, they can you can actually have hands-on experience with a a fantastic balloon decorator, award-winning balloon decorators, because there's some fantastic um, artists in Australia um, that are going to teach you lifelong skills on an art that, or a part of the balloon art that you're not familiar with. And, and then you can take photos later and say, look, I was actually part of this. Yes, and that's, uh, that's actually also good for your marketing and uh, for your growth as a business. Um, so tell us a little bit about you know, the experience. Why, because you've been to a few uh, conventions and also to magic conventions. So what are the actual benefits of going to a balloon convention? Maybe some of our listeners have never been to a convention, so they don't really get it. Why, why are we so excited about it? So what are the actual benefits in the atmosphere in a convention? Well, the first thing I say to anybody that's um, uh, thinking about whether they should or should not go to a convention is a definite yes. Um, a convention is inspiring. It actually will, will guarantee to take your balloon skills and your enthusiasm of the art right up to the next level. Um, the 
Balloon conventions, um, all of the balloon conventions that I've been to have been such an amazing environment. It's so exciting. You're meeting like-minded people, um, which is, is <laughs> quite refreshing because sometimes you feel like you're the only <laughs> crazy person in your own sort of little neck of the woods. So to actually meet other crazy cool people is, is just fantastic, um, almost like kindred spirits. Um the other thing is, is that um, it's a great way uh, of actually sitting and meeting the people that you look up to, uh, the people that you have followed. Um, I think I said before that um, when we were talking earlier, is that you know there's there's a lot of people that I know on Facebook. I I actually know often more about what's happening with my balloon family than my actual own family. And I just love to hear what's going on um, on Facebook. And so to actually go and meet these people in person, it's just like meeting a long-lost friend or, or even family. And, um, you know, I just, you know, I've, I've been told, you know, I've, I've uh, good friends with um, Tony Twist, who I met when he was doing a tour in New Zealand. And then he said, well, look, you would love to meet Natalie. Of course, I loved her. Then, of course, through there, I met Michael Moffey. I met Nick the Balloonatic. I mean, it's just, I just love them. You know, as soon as I met them, I just love them. And then you get to meet people like um, my hero, you know, Patrick Vandervin, who, who, you know, I've looked up to him right from the MBD2 um, days and, and, that is the difference, I think, with balloon conventions is that it's so open, so sharing, and people um, are so approachable and accessible that you can actually meet your heroes and sit down and jam with them, which, which you know, I don't know of very many other um, conventions or uh, businesses or um, sort of arts or even interests that allow you to actually sit down and meet your actual heroes, and they're so approachable. And I think that's 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 a very very amazing thing that uh, that we definitely want to keep going. You said so many things that I can so much relate to. The fact that you know we are all a little bit alone in in our businesses uh, because some of us are. Uh, living in a place where there's not a lot of uh, twisters or even just uh, you know by being a balloon artist uh, sometimes not everyone understands uh, what you're going through and what, what motivates you and stuff like that and when you're meeting on a convention so many like-minded people you can ask them questions you can uh, uh, share with them experiences and you can learn and um, meeting with uh, your family yeah, that's something that also uh, is key. You know, it really feels like that. It feels like you're meeting with people that are a part of your family, and uh, it's addictive in a good way. It builds your, and your it uh, recharges your batteries. So after a convention for, for the next uh, few months or weeks, you will actually think more about challenging yourself. You will actually uh, push yourself to do new things and to continue your professional development. And uh, meeting with the stars, you know, you, you, to, you mentioned uh, Patrick Vandeven. I had the opportunity of meeting Patrick Vandeven when he was in Israel. And he's such an approachable, uh, lo- lovely 
lovely person, so so sharing and so professional and so uh, it's just a nice guy with a nice family. And uh, he was also interviewed later through the Balloon Artist Podcast on uh, Season 1, uh, Chapter 2, which is, by the way, a very, very popular chapter uh, with uh, lots of tips about the, about the line work concepts that he has. So I can definitely relate to that. And uh, also, you know, the people... The people are so sharing. What do, what do you think about that? Oh, so sharing. And and that's the thing. It's um it's able to actually go and see so and not even um you know, you've got the 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 entertainment, you know, like the thing about um I love about balloon artists is that we're so um you know, we, we break into other genres such as juggling and um, circus skills and then for instance like Billy Damon does a lot of magic so I can talk to him about that um, and everybody is willing to help everybody else um, and, and the whole theory is is that if we keep helping each other we're actually going to keep pushing the art um, up to new levels and it certainly can be seen um, there's not the secret society where we want to to hold on to this information and, and and not give it out. I think I love, I absolutely love. It's my most favourite thing about the art is that um, everybody is willing to share it to help others improve their own skills and and bring the whole art you know, higher and higher and higher. I mean, just look at the work that's coming out now. You know, when I look back and look at some of the photos of my uh, designs that I was absolutely proud of, um, and, and they were pretty amazing, you know, at that time 10 years ago. I mean, gosh, look, you know, if you, if, you, if I made it now, I mean, it would be almost a wee bit laughable, you know, can, on what the, what is being produced you know, uh, in 2016, and it's just going to, you know, the the sky's the limit, really, of of where balloons are going to take us. I really want people to understand, guys. When you listen to this and you hear people talk about, you know, the sky's the limit. I, I put a, a link for you for the Zulu show, for the Zulu TV show, so that you can watch a few clips. The things that you make for the Zulu show is wonderful stuff. It's really, it's encouraging, it's inspiring, it's fun, and it just, it clicks for me at least when I look at it. It just makes sense that, you know, you can leverage your art to such wonderful places such as uh, um, entertainment on TV or entertainment as a whole and uh, I just uh, take my hat off Pip. Oh thank you so much and, and I mean I've got to say that having Zumu has really has really pushed me because when I started they said oh could you give us a list of the designs that you can make and then once we got through the list it was like well um can you do an anglerfish? And I'm thinking, gosh, can I do an anglerfish? And, um, and and I can say that that program, the television program alone, has has been the best thing for me because um, it, it's pushed me more than than anything could really. Yeah, definitely some of the things that you do there are um, world-class balloon art, uh, I like to call it this way, like David Brennan and Shana Brennan calls it, definitely world-class balloon art. Um, Thank you so, so much. 
Oh yeah, oh you you well 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 earned it, and uh, it's a successful show, the Zulu show. It it airs in so many countries, and uh, it's just uh, it is translated to different languages. Uh, it's just a wonderful thing. I think for years now people will uh, watch this, and you know what? Uh, t- tell us a little bit how many pe- how many people in China watch this every day? Yes, so it goes uh, currently. It's aired in twenty seven countries and we've got three hours three hundred hours of filming and it's just been um, taken into China and it's actually been voted the top um, children's program in China and a quarter of a billion it's mind-boggling uh, a quarter of a billion children um, watch it each day um, and it's just fantastic so we when we started it was just really a fun way um, to introduce balloons and to introduce animals so the program is actually well, we started off with um, we have a six foot four or he's over six foot gorilla and so it's, he's actually done by two actors uh, Matt and Mark and um, they are in an actual gorilla costume and so I made breakdown pieces for them to produce balloons in all sorts of funny ways, and they would create an animal. Now, the amazing thing about the program is that it's the first interactive program of its type. So children that are watching it can actually log on um, by their computers or um, their iPads um, or um, phones, and they can actually um, interact with the program. So the program will ask, what do you think Ninja's going to make today? And it'll give them a series of animals, and the children can actually select what animal Ninja's going to be making, and it'll say to keep watching, that sort of thing. And then once the animal is actually, actually made out of the balloons, then they'll actually pull in some real-life footage, um, which the children can, for more information, um, seek further information via um, their iPods, or I mean, sorry, their iPhones, um, or computers, those sort of devices. So it started off just as like simple makes, and now we've actually taken it, so it was called Ninja Pop, and now it's been uh, evolved into um, pulp or uh, pop fiction, a play on pulp fiction. And so now, <laughs> so now we're actually uh, making tales. So a lot of them are, are folk tales. Uh, a lot of them are made up stories. So why doesn't the kiwi fly? Um, why has a giraffe got a long neck? Um, why has a cockatoo um, got the, the gold crest at the top of its feathers? And so we're actually creating like mini stories where we have um, uh, uh, cockatoos that are flying into fire and that. And it's, it's, it's so creative. And honestly, I end up with such a sore face from laughing because the team that I work with are all actors and there's so much fun and there's so much energy. And a lot of it's a lot of improv. So you're thinking on the spot on how to create, you know, uh, an effect. Um, so it, it's now all shot um, in front of a green screen so they can actually add effects to it. Uh, but we try and uh, do most of it with balloons. So if it's raining, we've actually even got a cow that was was being milked. And so I had to think, how can I actually get a balloon cow to milk? And we did it. We even had a stunt stunt um, udders that we actually uh, were able to, to, to fill um, the tips of 350 balloons in milk and, and actually get the cow to be milked. So there's things that I would have never, ever 
considered even trying until it was asked, can you do this? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, let's try our best. And, and to believe, um, amazingly, if you don't um, put yourself in a box and and um, and just think, well, the silly could be possible, um, you can actually achieve it. It's amazing what you can do with balloons. Wow, this is so inspiring. And you know what? There's one thing I want to emphasize is because uh, a lot of people are in a position in their life at one point or another where they're being asked, can you do this? And I think like you're the kind of person, Pip, that just have one answer for this question. And that answer is yes. Let's, let's see how, but yes. So uh, this is really amazing because uh, it it shows how much of a positive person you are and how much this gave you an opportunity also to challenge yourself and to grow and to do stuff that are really entertaining for kids. Gosh, this is so exciting. Um, can you share with us uh, uh, a little bit about is it a production that will continue right now? Are you still involved in the creating of more content for uh, Zumo? Yes, yes. Um, at the moment, I'm put on hold with this jolly um, cast that I've got on, which I, I blame Matt Falloon from Australia for causing it. Those jolly Australians, they try and take us Kiwis out all the time. I'm just joking, but no. <laughs> um, but I do blame you, Matt. Um, and um, so at the moment, so the great thing is, is that we're ahead of time. We're always um, going ahead of time um, with filming. So, um, but it won't be long until I'll be back. And we've got some new. I believe that there's a new story written up about why a hyena laughs. So I've got to put my thinking cap on now on how to create a, a laughing hyena. So, And we've actually even developed it a wee bit further now. So it, again, it's a program that keeps evolving. Um, so we went from the basic um, two or three balloon make to now into storytelling. And now um, they've developed this um, where they're actually putting uh, uh, superimposing um, lips on to some of the animals to actually get them to talk. So I have been an upset gazelle, a growly coughing bee, and because the Matt and Mark both have moustaches, so it's a wee bit hard having a, a female character with a moustache. So um, I find myself actually, it, it's, it's fantastic in the sense that who would have thought that you were in there doing balloons and then suddenly um, you become the actual animal that you've made. So <laughs> so um, I've, I've been a nervous cow as well. So it's, I, I never know. Um, each week, what what's uh, in store for me, and, and that's the most amazing thing. It, it's it's such an exciting um, project to be part of. Wow! So so you don't only make the balloons; uh, they're responsible for the uh, balloon art. You're also an actor in the production. <laughs> I wouldn't say a good one, but <laughs> but not when you see the professionals. But um, they're very patient with me, and they're such a lovely lovely team i just love them to bits wow wonderful and uh, you've been teaching in florida super jam and on the blink blink jam can you tell us a little bit from your point of view as a kiwi what is the difference between the oz jam and uh, the florida super jam and the blink blink jam do you do you can you um uh, try to portray it for us uh what are the main differences from your point of view well, I think that's um, 
I think that's why I'm, I'm getting addicted to these conventions is because each convention has got something new to offer. I can't, I can't say that the conventions are the same and that's what makes them so exciting and why you want to attend each one because every convention has got an amazing difference that makes you want to go back. Um, and this, uh, this year was the first time I'd ever been to America and I, and I never ever thought I would get to America. Um, and so it was a, it was a really big culture shock, um, because of course New Zealand and Australia are very, um, are similar. Um, so going over there, you know, it, it's, it was an eye opener. And the first thing I said, um, when I ran back home, I said, America is not at all what's portrayed on TV, I think they get a very bad rap, you know. Of course, we get those terrible, you know, reality programs and things like that, you know. And then when you go over there, people are just so polite, so welcoming, so lovely, and you're thinking, this is this is fantastic, I love it. And, of course, then you, you, you're meeting the people that you love. So um, the great thing about um, the conventions, that you know, for instance, bling, bling, it's it's right on Fremont Street. So, um, you know, you've got all the fun of the convention. And then right outside uh, the door, you've got Vegas. And it's like, this is unlike anything. You know, I'm in a, a small country. Well, you would say it was a town. You know, this is our city, you know. And... Um, and so to be exposed to to the you know to the amazement of, of um, Vegas is just incredible. I mean, it's an it's an experience unlike any other, you know. And then, um, for instance, with um, Cherry's uh, Florida Super Jam, I love the ebbing and flowing between the jam room and the actual uh, teaching room, you know, where you can, the, the two are, are side by side. So you can actually um, go to the class that you wish to attend, um, which I do love being able to attend every class. Um, and then, but if you want, you can actually uh, flow out into the jam room and recreate what you've been taught. And then you can go back in, which, which is, is, is fantastic again. And, um, and of course, just across the road from where, Florida Super Jam was, there was all the, the eateries and that sort of thing. So um, they all, the the, 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 the Ozjam, uh, Florida Super Jam and Bling Bling are all fantastic conventions and they all offer something different. But the one thing they do have is just the fabulous people. And uh, and that's the thing that I I love that you can't buy on a DVD and you can't buy on a PDF is the fact of actually going out and having a meal um, with the people that you love and the conversation can flow on. I mean, whilst, whilst we need a break away from, from you know, uh, after a hard day of ballooning, but there's the things that you talk about um, that don't come up in the classes, um, that just naturally come up in conversation. How do you, you know, have you ever had this particular child and how did you deal with it and and just the you know the the work family balance that that doesn't come up in the the conventions but you can talk to the people that are experiencing the same as you that for me I don't have that in my city it's actually being able to connect with people and just have a heart-to-heart -heart conversation we're connected um, through balloons 
and often um, we're in a similar home situation that you don't discuss during a lecture because it's not lecture worthy, but it's definitely on a personal level worthy to, to discuss and you just learn so much from that. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. It does, because you, you totally make sense for me. Uh, first of all, you know, those discussions, those expert discussions that are not uh, lecture-worthy, obviously, they are just as important for our lives. So, you know, I get um, some um, tips and ideas about the marriage life, from my balloon artist friends, and they are all, they, we are all in the, exactly the same boat, exactly the same boat, and uh, uh, this is uh, sometimes, it's just crazy, you know, if you are a parent, and uh, your experiences as a parent and balloon art, artist are quite unique, uh, and are very interesting to share, so obviously you will not buy a DVD about how it feels like to be a parent and uh, a balloon artist, you won't, no. but if you are meeting with people and you, uh, you, you love them and you feel like they understand you, they get you, and they actually do, uh, then, then suddenly all kinds of other things uh, come out of you and it just makes the entire feeling of a convention much more meaningful and uh, you actually feel inside your brain how how excited you are to go to to the next one because it fulfills so many needs for us as human beings oh definitely and and for instance at Ausjam, um we were lucky enough to have buster and any but any um, come over and Annie just kindly did an impromptu lecture and um, the Kiwi girls um, and I'll say our Kiwi girls we just found um, we could just relate to, to Annie so well because a lot of us were interested in the storytelling side of things and then Annie after the convention just so kindly set up a Skype session up with us and, and gave you know over an hour, I mean, probably two hours of her time, just going through, you know, storytelling, that sort of thing. Now, that that was incredible and so generous and so much fun. And then, again, when I went to um, uh, Florida uh, Super Jam at the beginning of the year, um, I had some time in L.A. And, and Annie just kindly um, took the time out and took me to the Magic Castle and really looked after me. And, I mean... These are the incredible people that attend um, conventions and, um, you know, they're just amazing. It's just amazing that, that um, and, and I'm proud of, of the fact that I'm in an industry that's like that, you know, um, and yeah. I think it's really quite rare. I, I, well, I, you know, when, when I hear of other other industries, you know, the, the, the caring, the sharing, the looking after each other, the building up, I, I think it's a really unique thing that we have. Yes, yes, I, I totally can relate to that. And, and gosh, uh, Annie Benelli, I, I love Annie. I, I met Annie so many times on Skype, and uh, I'm so looking forward to meeting her again uh, and Buster on Twist and Shout 17. Um, and it's the honest truth. Those people who are our rock stars, we adore them, we learn from them, and at the same time, they are very approachable. We all are very approachable, and and... It's just uh, so much fun. So we will all meet together in Twist and Shout and have uh, a beer or, uh, I don't know, well, we'll, we'll go to eat something together. Uh, this is so exciting. So 
Um, I want, before we, we, we wrap up, I want to ask you a, a little bit about some of your ideas that you do on your day-to-day uh, -day gigs that are not the Zumo TV show, because you are actually quite a worker on uh, multiple types of events. And I want, us, I want you to share with us your uh, Bits and Bobs box idea for birthday. So this is really something I want to do now, tomorrow, in, in the birthday that I'm performing. So tell us about the Bits and Bobs box. Well, there's a wee bit of an ongoing um, joke um, about I was kindly asked to, um, to teach by Dennis and Ingrid um, over in the Netherlands. And um, and they always joke about how they like to, to save money, you know. And so I said, well, we Kiwis do too, because a, a 260, um, uh, or the Dutch as a whole say that they like to, like to save money. And I said, well, Kiwis do too. And especially for me, a, a 260 balloon is, uh, costs about 22 cents for us here. Um, so I, you'll need to... That is uh, like a New Zealand, uh, yeah, New Zealand, dollar. New Zealand, New Zealand dollars or New Zealand cents is twenty two cents. So for me, blowing using a small part of a two sixty and throwing away it is just oh, I just can't bear it. So everybody knows, and uh, when um, uh, uh, Flash came and taught it, um, Ozjam, he he had me on about saving up the scraps, and I said I do love my scraps, I use them, and um, so I'm known as that one that will be um, groveling round on the floor picking up scraps, you know, and put, putting them in my pocket, you know, I can't bear to see half a balloon being thrown away, but what I do it, on the other side of it is that Whenever I'm creating for Zumu or anything, you know, any um, uh, sculpture that I'm making at home. So I do birthday parties, I do events, and I also do, and I, and I do promote this, is um, bouquets and delivery pieces because these are the pieces and designs that you can make when um, you're not working in the weekend. And the great thing is is that you can do it at home in your own time. So I do a lot of deliveries for um, people's birthday parties or hospitals, um, get well bouquets. And so whenever I have any scraps, they go into um, what I call my bits and bobs box. Now, in that bag um, or box, sort of, um, I actually have half a dozen um, indestructible, you know, red Qualitex pumps. They go in the bag also, and whenever I go to a birthday party, um, that that bag comes out. So I, I at a birthday party, I bring a special um, design for the birthday girl or birthday boy. Um, I make balloons for all the guests, and then we finish off with a wee bit of magic, just some silly stuff magic. But while they're waiting for the design, it's what I do is I, I bring out my bits and bobs box, and all the children can have a go at blowing up their own balloons. Now, the great thing about it is that quite often, most of my birthday parties are focused on, say, a five-year-old uh, range, four or five-year-olds, or maybe a wee bit older. Um, and so a lot of the parents that bring their children along, they're, they're too young to just drop and go. So the parents are often staying. Now, the, often the parents don't really know each other. 
And I find that this bits and bobs box actually brings the parents together. It gives the parents something to do to help their children and to keep everybody entertained. I often find it becomes a wee bit of a challenge, uh, well, sort of more or less, because we're a competitive nature. So we often find that, uh, um, that it ends up being quite um, a competition sort of type thing between a lot of, especially the dads, that will have a go at making dogs and then it'll get bigger and bigger. Some of the children will have a wee go and then they'll run off and play somewhere else some of them will come back and there are some children that are absolutely fascinated by it and they'll they'll end up twisting a whole masterpiece of designs and they get to take their designs home with them now the great thing about it is that it's free additional entertainment for the guests and the other thing is is that they will then look after the sculpture that you make for them um, just like as if it's like glass or just like it's like a balloon. Um, so you'll find that they'll, they'll treat it with the utmost care because they realize that whilst balloons can be quite robust, they also can be quite fragile and they realize just how, you know, we make it as balloon artists, we make it look really easy when we're twisting. But when they actually have a go themselves, they realize that it's quite a difficult art. And so the piece that you give them, they absolutely treasure it. You know what, this is so interesting as a concept because while you're making balloons uh, on the line walk scenario, uh, the, some of the kids decide to, you know, w wait in line in a different way, go and play with balloons in your, uh, with your scraps and with your uh, older balloons in the bits and bobs box. And that way they have some activity going on and the parents are involved and that's good for, for as a benefit for the event that parents are getting to know one another. At the same time, they can always go back to the line and get their uh, professional balloon made. But what you got them to understand by doing that is not just that they have an activity, they also understand the uh, complexity uh, and the importance of uh, and the value of getting a balloon from you, which is so awesome. Yes, exactly. And I've had parents that actually were intending to, to drop their child off and then leave, and they've stayed the full party because they've enjoyed it so much. <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, you also do all kinds of uh, team building gigs for, uh, for corporate events or for corporate companies that want to do some team building, team building uh, oh. events. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Oh, well, I've been having a lot of success and I'm absolutely loving it. And it's team building balloon style. So what I've been doing is I have been um, going to maybe there's been a retreat where businesses have all come together. Uh, they've spent a full day learning about their own business and they want to do something completely different. Often they bring in um, somebody doing magic or they'll have um, somebody talking. But the thing about the, the, the balloons is that it's a physical activity um, after a day that's been quite draining mentally. And so I, I tend to make a large the ones that I've been doing lately is that I've been making a large motorcycle. Just really, gosh, is a wee bit showing off about what you can do with balloons. Because a lot of these people, uh, they may not have children um, or they have never seen a balloon artist um, that has done multiple designs. So that is a piece that I make for the corporation that they can actually either um, auction off or give to the winning group. And then... What I do is we start off just making a simple 
three twist balloon dog and that's to get everybody used to to having we play with balloons you'll always find that there's um, some that have used uh, uh, experienced balloon twisting before and so they'll get right into it others are very nervous so it's just actually getting them a wee bit more confident and comfortable with it and then I'll break the group into um, groups of three or four people and everybody is issued with a pre-packed box that I give them. It contains a couple of pumps. It, ca- it contains the same amount of balloons in each box. And I will show them how to make a 12 balloon, maybe 8 to 12 balloon motorbike. And, of course, they're, uh, they're not allowed to actually open their box. It has a working light that has to be double stuffed. They get to use a, a, a tailing gun or tool or elasticator as we call it um, to get a working light and so the competition is for them to recreate the motorbike that I make now oh talk about it is absolutely hilarious Um, we often end up with unicycles because one of the wheels pop we end up with uh, something that looks unlike a motorbike at all it turns into a spaceship Um, it's it's just incredibly fun Um, there's so much noise there's so much color there's so much laughter that everybody gets into the spirit of it the thing I like about instead of it being an individual exercise a group exercise is that some people genuinely are concerned about balloons and I will find that they're the ones that maybe will inflate a balloon and tie it and then other more confident members of the group will do the twisting but they're still part of it Um, I also add um, additional balloons for them if they want to um, bling their, their balloon up um, or pimp their ride, as I think is a new term now. And so one team actually gave them, made themselves all motorbike helmets. They actually, now I know this sounds awful, but um, possums over here are pests. Um, so we see a lot on the road as people um, definitely don't, um, they're, they're taking over all our natural wildlife and that sort of thing. So quite often people have made, um, what the, excuse me for saying this, but roadkill. Um, and it's absolutely hilarious. So they actually create a whole scene. And I've had people that have ridden their motorbikes to the front of the stage to display them. Um, the feedback has been tremendous. Um, lots of photos being taken and out of all the ones that I've done, um, or just about all the ones I've, uh, I've done, um, the feedback has been, that's been one of the highlights of the whole event is, is, is a, um, is this, um, team building balloon style. Wow. Pip, uh, do you make the motorcycle live in front of the of the people? The um, the smaller one, yes, I do. I I actually um, because it is a basic. It's it's one of a very basic design, um, more or less. And I'm showing them different wheel styles that they can use, whether it's a a, a, a twist um, to to go round or a coil or just a single round, and then I'll show them how to twist uh, handlebars, bring it over around a round balloon, and then join it on. So it, it's actually a basic style. You can go as basic or as complex as you would like. Um, and then it's just to show them the different way. What I do is I incorporate um, bubble sizing, uh, the basic pinch twist, not too, I mean, we're not getting into frumple twists here or, or that sort of <laughs> thing, but mainly um, uh, ear twists or pinch twists. 
um, and how to lock a bubble in and also showing demonstrating them how to demonstrating how to to double stuff a balloon so I might take uh, 10 minutes to show them how to create the motorbike um, but then um, I'll also show them an example of a, a more or less a full-size motorbike and then um, they'll have a whole uh, you know, 40 minutes really to, to, um, to try making or 30 minutes to make their own. So you're looking at a, a team building exercise or a, an event of maybe, um, an hour, hour and a half all up. And, um, and that's including them to have a wee go at making a simple dog just to get that confidence up. And then once they, they know they can do that. They're, they're right into it and and of course that's when the the competition comes about because of course in each group there's always a group that's competing against another group and so it'll get bigger and more wild as they go along you know cool how big is the motorcycle that they make uh, the motorcycle that they make is probably are oh, you looking two at feet. two feet yes two feet Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, sometimes uh, they end up being a lot larger, and sometimes they end up being miniatures, depending on how many pops they've had. And of course, sometimes they end up being a unicycle. So um, it's yeah. incredible. Or even it turns into a hat, a crazy hat. So, um, and uh, it, it's just incredible. Again, I, I give them all the same balloons, the same style balloons. There'll be a theme color in each pack, but it's amazing what not one. Group comes out with the same um, item. Mm. I like the way that you presented the idea of team building. Uh, this is something that uh, you know creates a nice atmosphere for the team to work together, to build something together. Uh, it gives an opportunity for people to lead the, the task and uh, uh, also to have a lot of fun. It sounds like a really fun activity. Exactly. And a lot of the um, supervisors have said, you know, that this is the point where they take a back seat and they can actually see um, that there's a potential of members to actually become leaders because just in that simple challenge, they can see that there are some people that are otherwise quite quiet suddenly take a um, commanding role. And, and yeah. being very proactive. And there's, there's been a couple of events where I've done this at and they've said, gosh, they, they saw, um, attributes and some of the stuff that they didn't even know that were there. So I got, you know, they, they were very, they found the whole thing very positive. Wonderful. Um, so uh, we are almost running out of time. We've discussed about con all kinds of conventions like OSGEM and Florida Super Gem and Blink Blink Gem and how they are uh, a little bit different and unique uh, from your point of view. And you've been teaching in uh, all three of them, which is awesome. Uh, if people want to meet with you and jam with you, the best thing to do is to plan your trip to Twist and Shout 17 because that's where you can meet people and uh, jam with her and uh, she's such a talented balloon artist and you you can re really learn a lot just just by jamming with you people and I'm definitely uh, planning to do that so uh, keep me in mind and um, can't and, wait and I absolutely cannot wait yes yes I know I know what you mean um, so um, I, all, I want to wrap up by asking where can people go and learn more about you peep um, well, I would love, um, you could always um, pop me a, uh, a private message uh, via Facebook. Um, you can go onto my Pippity Pop 
Facebook page. Um, I've got a Pip Milford Hughes one, but that's where you see all the silly jokes and nonsense that goes on in my life. But if we're just looking at balloons, go have a wee look at Pippity-Pop on Facebook or um, I have got a website that's being created at the moment, um, so it's all still in its infancy, and that's pippity-pop.co.nz for New Zealand. And uh, I, I have to say, like, uh, all of the links for uh, pippity-pop.co.nz, we end the link for your Facebook, will be on the show notes in the balloonartistpodcast.com, so people can uh, get that uh, too, and I'll send uh, all the links and everything also on the email, so don't worry, guys. Um, and, uh, gosh... Pip, you've been such an awesome Kiwi. Uh, it's really fun to talk with you and I uh, can't wait to meet with you soon. Oh, thank you so much, Stevie. I've absolutely loved it as well. And um, I must admit, I'm a bit of a good talker. So that's that's the trouble. It's actually keeping me quiet is the problem. But I've absolutely loved it. I, was, I must admit, I was very nervous, but you, you've just made me feel so welcome and so relaxed. And, and thank you so much for what you do, because I absolutely love listening to these podcasts. Oh, thank you. You're, you're too kind. So uh, see you soon. Wow, that was so much fun interviewing Pip. She's such a nice... She has so many ideas. She's just a fountain of ideas. I really liked the way that she conducts a team building uh, event. And I'm actually interested in doing some team building events as well. So uh, now that every time I go to a corporate event, I also ask the HR do they want to have some balloon team building events and that was really helpful for me to hear from Pip about her ways of doing it. Next week will be the last chapter of season three and then basically we'll go on a break. It will be a longer break than it used to be uh, before, which was only one month. Uh, this time it will be a longer break because of float and twist and shout. And um, then I'll come back to Israel after those and we'll... Uh, We'll need to spend some time with my family, so I'm not sure yet about some time uh, around March time frame uh, or early April time frame. Um, the show will come back with season four. For now, we have one more episode, one more chapter to go, and that is really exciting because I'm cooking a surprise for you all with some really interesting information. The end of season three party is a webinar where we gather and we meet and we talk and we have fun and we drink. So um, I will send all the details on the email list and on the Facebook group Balloon Artist. If you want to join the email list, just go to the balloonartistpodcast.com and either download one of the free resources or uh, just subscribe on one of the pages. There are so many ways to do that. Or just send me a private message on, um, on Facebook, which will work as well. Thank you again for listening to the Balloon Artist Podcast. And see you next week on the last chapter of Season 3.
Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, this is Zivi Kivi, Season 3, Chapter 12, The Tip Section. And today I want to share with you a story about a situation. We, a guy, Shefer and me, were arranging the Israeli event just a few weeks ago. And we had so many balloons bags that were not opened. Our balloon distributor was expecting the leftovers to be returned so that he will be able to refund us. So we had a huge card box full with I think I know probably a hundred bags or so all of them different sizes 160s 260s everything that you can imagine so we were supposed to create a list for the distributor because that's the policy you need to make a list of what you have in the cardboard before you can return it and that is the process of getting the refund And if I had to sit down and just take one bag at a time and write down the name of it into a, a list and then, you know, put it on the computer or something like that, it will take, I imagine, you know, as much as, as an hour or an hour and a half. Uh, instead of this, I used the balloon stock app and I used the barcode scanner feature. And I just scanned again and again all of the balloons, basically one by one. At the end of it, I just pressed the button of backup and it sent the email to me with the entire list of items in the box. So, you know, the scanner time is so fast. I don't need to write with my hands. I don't need to uh, click with my fingers to write the names of the bags. I just, it just was so fast and uh, useful. And the barcode scanner feature works, so uh, the balloon stock app is something that is today's tip uh, with this story and scenario. If you're looking for the b- balloon stock app, then just look for it on your mobile uh, phone in the App Store or in the Google Play Store and just look for balloon stock app. If you want... If you are in the US, you can also choose to use Brody's balloon stock app, which has all the same features, only uh, you also get a coupon for buying from Brody's balloons. See you next week in the Balloon Artist Podcast.